Parents are fighting back against rogue schools, and one example will shock you. Nicholas Sandman offers words of encouragement to Kyle Rittenhouse, plus a whistleblower steps forward regarding FBI efforts to spy on parents. All that and more, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the ongoing war between parents and schools, because I really believe that this is one of the key issues leading up to 2022 and 2024 elections. For decades, the left has worked to take control of major areas of society. The media, entertainment, big tech, corporate boards have all shifted farther and farther to the left. And then of course, there's education. This is one of the most important aspects of growing up and maturing into productive, contributing adults. And education has been taken over by the left. And now we have critical race theory, transgender sports, the 1619 Project, and an overt hostility toward parents. The attitude of the left is that schools, and thus the government, is in control. This was summed up perfectly during a debate between Democrat Terry McAuliffe and Republican Glenn Youngkin in the race for Virginia governor. Here's McAuliffe. So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. It, the parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So... Yeah, I, stop the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. That attitude and that issue helped Yunkin to win and Terry McAuliffe to lose. Parents' eyes have been open, and what we are seeing now are school boards going crazy with a leftist agenda that they actually try to keep hidden. I've reported in the past on schools telling parents not to sit in on their children's remote classes, parents being charged extreme fees just to get a copy of their child's curriculum. And even worse, schools promoting practices that specifically go against the wishes of the parents. In Florida, one family is fighting back after the school purposely hid the fact that it was allowing the girl, their daughter, to live as a boy once she got to school. Here's the story. Parents of a 13-year-old daughter have filed a federal lawsuit against a Florida school district after officials at Deer Lake Middle School secretly transitioned her into a transgender male, or a biological girl who says she wants to live as a boy, including allowing her to use male spaces like bathrooms and choosing pronouns. Jeffrey and January Littlejohn's daughter, who is referred to as AG in court filings, did talk about her gender confusion with her mother, who holds a master's degree in counseling from Florida State University. The mother, January Littlejohn, recently spoke at a conference where she explained that once the problems with her daughter were identified, in discussions between the parents and the daughter, the parents briefed the school on what was happening. Here's the mother's account. And I reached out to a teacher and told her the struggles our families had been dealing with. We let her know that we were not affirming our daughter's preferred name and pronouns at home, that we did not feel like this was in her best interest, that she was receiving mental health counseling to help her process what she was going through, I also told the teacher that I felt it was directly related to her friend group 
that my daughter has ADHD, which puts her emotionally immature and behind her peers. So this teacher was fully aware of not only the parents' desires, but also the complete situation that the family was engaged in therapy to help with their daughter. This mother then went on to explain that her daughter came home a few weeks later saying that she, the daughter, met with three school officials about changing her name at school and what bathroom she wanted to use. This without knowledge or consent of the parents. The mother contacted school officials who told her she was not allowed to know what was discussed with her daughter. The mother was finally able to meet with the principal, and this is what happened next. After several weeks of back and forth with the district, finally we were able to meet with the principal, and we were finally shown the transgender gender non-conforming student support plan that was created and signed by my daughter. This was a six-page document that she completed with the vice principal, the guidance counselor, and a social worker I had never met. They gave her the sole authority to decide if I could be notified of the meeting or attend. They allowed her to change her name and pronouns, restroom preference, and even choose if she chose to room with males or females on overnight school field trips. This is just outrageous. This isn't Loudoun County, Virginia. This is a school in Florida. This can happen anywhere. The government is exerting its power and control and overriding the rights of parents. The Little Johns asked to what justification there is for such practices, and they were given a guide to the school's LGBTQ plus policies. In this very long guide were three key points. Number one, parents are not to be informed when their children announce a transgender identity with school personnel. Number two, children are allowed to choose the restroom that matches their gender identity without parent notification. Number three, children have a legally protected right to keep from their parents information regarding their gender identity and steps taken by the district to affirm that identity. It is stated school policy to deceive parents. Let that sink in. Now, the Little Johns are fighting back with a lawsuit, and when the attorneys asked to see the legal justification for these measures, the only thing the school provided was the guide written by the school. I'm just thankful these parents are fighting back and speaking out. This can really be the turning point where parents and families and just concerned citizens finally break through the veil of the left and put control back where it belongs with the people. All right, next let's talk about Nicholas Sandman and the Kyle Rittenhouse case. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search out my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, as the jury deliberates the fate of Kyle Rittenhouse, Nicholas Sandman, who was targeted by the left-wing media, fought them and won, has a few words for Rittenhouse. I have your back. In an op-ed published in the Daily Mail, Sandman wrote to Rittenhouse saying, the way the media have treated you is terrible and you don't have to face it alone. Here's more. Rittenhouse, an Illinois man on trial for intentional homicide and other charges in the shooting deaths of two people during chaotic August 2020 demonstrations in Kenosha, Wisconsin, was quickly labeled a white supremacist by liberal pundits at the height of protests sparked by the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Rittenhouse says he acted in self-defense and a jury is currently delivering to decide his fate. Kyle was almost immediately labeled a white supremacist and a domestic terrorist. 
To many, my red MAGA hat clearly meant that I was a racist, Sandman wrote. Kyle wasn't given his day in court by his critics, and neither was I. The attacks on Kyle came from the national news media just as they came for me. They came quickly, without hesitation, because Kyle was an easy target that they could paint in the way that they wanted to. Now recall that in January 2020, Sandman settled a multi-million dollar defamation lawsuit with CNN. The network went after him viciously, as did other left-wing outlets, claiming an encounter with a Native American activist was racially motivated. All someone had to do was watch the full video of the encounter to see that it wasn't instigated by Sandman. In fact, he did nothing but stand his ground while the activist got in his face. The facts did not matter to CNN, and Sandman sees the same thing happening here. Sandman wrote, In our hyperpolarized society, the first impression of Kyle has been set in stone, probably for the rest of his life, specifically calling out Joe Biden, LeBron James, and Representative Ayanna Presley, Democrat from Massachusetts, in addition to countless liberal pundits. A guest on MSNBC compared him to a school shooter, while another said he is arguably a domestic terrorist. MSNBC's Joy Reid referred to him as a vigilante, and Representative Gwen Moore, Democrat from Wisconsin, used the white supremacist term when talking about Rittenhouse during an appearance on CNN in March. Good for Nick Sandman, and we'll see what happens in the future. Hopefully, the facts will play out and Rittenhouse's innocence will be affirmed. After that, I hope and pray he gets a huge payday. All right, next let's talk about the Biden administration's efforts to silence the voices of parents through flat-out intimidation. In our lead story, I talked about parents fighting back, how our eyes have been opened to the actions of the left, and we're not going to take it any longer. Well, just because that's happening doesn't mean the left is going away. They're not just saying, oh yes, you discovered us, our bad, we'll just stop now. Nope, they are fighting back as well, and at the highest levels. We know that the Biden White House consulted with officials at the National School Boards Association. We know that. They asked the Justice Department through the FBI to investigate parents. Attorney General Merrick Garland testified before Congress saying this was not happening. The Justice Department uh, supports and defends the First Amendment right of parents to complain as vociferously as they wish about the education of their uh, children, about the curriculum taught in the schools. That is not what the memorandum is about at all. I can't imagine any circumstance in which the Patriot Act would be used in the circumstances uh, of parents complaining about their children, nor can I imagine a circumstance where they would be labeled as domestic terrorism. Well, guess what? A whistleblower has come forward and said, yep, the FBI is investigating parents, especially when it comes to those speaking out at school board meetings. Said Joe Biden's attorney general lied to Congress. The FBI absolutely used its counterterrorism division to investigate parents at school board meetings. According to leaked emails, the FBI created a threat tag to track school board incidents and track parents themselves. Writing, quote, we ask that your offices apply the threat tag to investigations of threats specifically directed at school board administrators, board members, teachers and staff. This is why people just throw up their hands and give up. Biden officials say one thing and actually do something the exact opposite. Lying. Lying to the American people, in the case of Merrick Garland, lying to Congress as well. 
Republican Senator Josh Hawley was asked about this revelation of the FBI essentially spying on parents. He said this. What this shows us is that, in fact, parents are getting the domestic terrorist treatment. Garland said, oh, no, we would never treat them like domestic terrorists. Of course, that's what those left-wing groups wanted. Garland said, no, we're not going to do that. And now we know that the counterterrorism division has been tracking parents. And not only that, if you read that leaked email, what you see is, is that they are drawing up lists of crimes. They're saying, is there any crime that we could go after these parents for? Is there anything that we could prosecute them for? Federal crimes we're talking about. They're definitely trying to target parents. It does contradict Garland's sworn testimony, and now he's going to have to answer as to what the difference is. So, as parents fight back, our left-wing federal government digs in. Spying and intimidation are the tools being used by our FBI to make parents think twice about speaking out. Make no mistake, this isn't about going after the bad guys. This is about making parents wonder if speaking out is really worth it if exercising First Amendment rights are worth a potential investigation by the FBI. We need to keep fighting, and someone in the Republican Party needs to hold these officials accountable. All right, next, a quick update on Biden's vaccine mandate and the dozens of lawsuits that are piling up against it. The lawsuits will be consolidated in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, according to a ruling by a federal judicial panel on Tuesday. Here's the story. The move lumps together 34 lawsuits looking to overturn the Occupational Safety and Health Administration's November 5th order for organizations with 100 or more workers. The mandate, an emergency measure set to take effect on January 4th, has come under fire from religious and secular employers. The religious entities say they have conscience objections to being deputized as government agents to enforce the requirement. Private secular employers have complained about costs and workforce disruptions. The rules require either proof of vaccination for each worker or mandatory masking and weekly testing of those without the jab. This mandate will hopefully be ruled unconstitutional, but until then, there is a stay that has been reaffirmed against the mandate by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which stated that the federal mandate grossly exceeds OSHA's statutory authority. Here's more. The Biden administration's decision to mandate vaccines through an OSHA emergency rule is unlawful and compels employers like our clients to intrude on their employees' personal health decisions, said attorney Ryan Bangert of the Alliance Defending Freedom, a Christian public interest law firm representing several faith-based plaintiffs. We are pleased to have two pivotal cases in the Sixth Circuit in addition to our cases in other circuits, and we look forward to continuing our litigation to ensure that no private employer is compelled to become an agent of the government for the purpose of forcing their employees into a medical procedure, Mr. Bangard added. Great comments by the Alliance Defending Freedom, but on the Biden side, his administration continues to fight the rulings. Biden's Surgeon General Vivek Murthy said that the mandate will protect workers and ultimately help us fight COVID-19 as if the American people were incapable of making their own decisions in the freest country in the world. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Friday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.